and welcome to Tape Heads. I'm Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Tape Heads is the VHS podcast where we select a tape from my collection or Lindsay's collection. We watch it and then we talk about it. Today is from neither of our collections. We have a, a special guest today. Very special guest. She's a writer and journalist and her work has appeared in Uproxx, Nylon, The Rumpus, and a very special article in Vanity Fair that we're going to get into a little bit. But I'd like to introduce our friend Chloe Shieldhouse. Hello, thanks for having me. So Chloe, you've brought a very special film today. Oh yeah, It Takes Two. One of the best movies uh, out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the best movie in general. It's, such, it's one of those movies that I watched over and over and over. Um, when it came out and for years more after, you know, after that. And also it's significant because it's the movie that made me an Olsen twin fan. Oh, it's the movie? It's the movie. I wasn't a fan of them before. I actually was, I never thought of myself as the type of person that would be an Olsen twins fan. Oh. And I remember when it came out, there were other girls that were sitting at the lunch table talking about it. And I was just kind of like, not my kind of. Like, not I'm not into that scene. I didn't see it in theaters. My mom bought me the tape at Costco one day, <laughs> came home with it, and I watched it, and I was like, this is amazing. They're amazing. And then just watched uh, Full House, uh, started watching Full House, and then watched it in syndication to catch up on what oh, I yeah. missed. Oh, yeah. So this is what hooked you. This is what hooked me. Oh, my God. So my mom just bought the tape, and that's I've been a, a fan from that day yeah, on, yeah. I was a huge Olsen Twins fan when I was a kid, too, but I can't pinpoint the tape that got me started. I just know that I loved them all. <laughs> Even How Before, the West is Fun. See, I wasn't a part of that. I mean, I watched those later, of course, but I wasn't... I didn't watch those <laughs> in the moment they were released. I remember that conversation so vividly at that lunch table of them discussing the movie and me being like silently judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually the second Mary-Kate and Ashley film that we've had on the podcast. We previously did Double Double Toil and Trouble for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And on that episode, um, we brought up the story of you and your sister Molly on the Mary-Kate and Ashley cruise. Yes. And you wrote an article about this for Vanity Fair. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? I feel like I, I barely uh, captured the this story. <laughs> well, it all goes back to when um, the Olsen twins came out with their biography. Where <laughs> they were about 13 when that came out. And they were already Jeez. writing their biography. And at the end, there was just this chapter really selling their cruises. The chapter, the last sentence was something like, Maybe we'll see you on our next cruise. And I remember <laughs> thinking, you will. You're going to see me. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been invited, and I am going to make this happen. You heard the call, and I, you answered. Oh, yeah. I took it very seriously. And I'm like, oh, just like, you know when you have a dream, and you just, you have to get there. So, you know, I brought it up to my parents. I told them about it. I wrote, told them some things I learned about in the chapter. And then I guess they talked it over and decided, you know what? Let's take a family trip and this will just be part of it. And where did the cruise go exactly? Uh, it, was, it was called the, the To Russia With Love Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of a Bond theme. I like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Throws in some adventure. Yeah, yeah it was fun. So it, did, it was like a Baltic cruise. It, so we went to Russia, Helsinki... And Estonia, Sweden, 
Did you actually get to hang out with them in the town, or just you saw them here and there on the cruise ship? It, it was more you would see them on the cruise, but sometimes if you're on a, like a smaller town and you're walking around, you could run into the Olsen twins. I think it was in Estonia, Tallinn, Estonia, where we were at the McDonald's. My mom was using the restroom there, but the, we found the Olsen twins there, like, about to eat. Yeah. We were like, that's odd. <laughs> That was something that really grabbed me about your Vanity Fair article, is just the way you kept running into them. Like, normally the time with the Olsen twins was very structured, like you'd have activities, but you would just run into them. Like, wasn't there a moment when you when you found out which cabin they were in? Like, she yeah, was, Mary well, Kate was locked out? Or... I think I went to the wrong floor, because every floor looks the same, or every hallway looks the same, yeah. and you're kind of just running around the cruise. And just at the end of the hall, I saw Mary Kate at the door, and I'm like, and then she went in. And I'm like, oh my god, that's where their cab, that's where their room is. So I kind of like went back, I like creeped back over there another time because I was like, oh, I'll run into one. And that's when Mary Kate was there, and another fan was also already there, and Mary Kate was locked out. And she kept knocking on the door and <laughs> saying, like, guys, let me in. Because someone, I forgot the key. Can you let me in? And we were just, like, me and this other girl were just staring at her, not saying anything. <laughs> oh, my God. And she kept looking back at us and, like, someone it's let like me in. It's like a horror in. movie to her. <laughs> oh, jeez. She's just trapped there with strangers. But what were we supposed to say? We were, like, just... You know, starstruck. I mean, you were there to see yeah. her, so you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, we're here to get the stare. I, I just love that you guys stared at her and didn't say, like, do you do you like to play baseball or something <laughs> like anything? It's just scary talking to. I don't know. It's, because I was you're young used to too. them on TV and yeah, and you're just sort of shy. I don't want to bother you, but I do want to stare at you. I do remember yeah. being very ton tongue-tied in front of Goofy when I went to Disneyland for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. The Olsen twins and Goofy. But um, I want to talk more about this cruise. It was, it was quite a tumultuous uh, time for you because your luggage got misplaced. You had to wear the same clothes the entire time you were there. You got loner clothes. It oh, sounded like just a disaster. Well, I was Awful. so bummed because, well, the luggage thing, it wasn't actually that bad for us because I think our first place that we were was Sweden... Stockholm, and then we just went, we did a lot of shopping, so we bought, like, cool stuff there. So, you know, Sweden's got some fun, like, clothing, and, um, so after that, I was sort of wearing those clothes, but then also there were themed events, and then I didn't have the costumes and stuff ready for that, and I remember borrowing, there was a 50s party night, and this girl lent me a skirt that just, it was a poodle skirt, and it was just too big on me. And I was just like, it was falling off me. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. Embarrassing I, yourself in front of the Olsen twins, your I heroes. Because I could have had the Clarice oh, moment geez. of like, your undies showing. I'm like, ugh, this is awful. They think I just don't know how to buy proper fitting clothes. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> wearing this stupid poodle skirt. It was awful. But it was really nice that that girl lent me. It was. Nice. The skirt. She was sweet. And this was the same trip where you and your sister were falsely accused of vandalizing the cabin door of Mary-Kate and Ashley. With, I, and I've heard different versions of this story. The one in Vanity Fair says that it, uh, there were locks, like salmon left out as, a, as an offering. I think... But I heard about a cake smashed on the door was the version that I'm more familiar with. It's funny. So when I talked to my sister about it, because I interviewed her for the article to get her memory of it, <laughs> my memory of it was there was a cake smashed on their door, and then someone told my sister that the Olsen twin told them, oh, I think it's that Molly girl. But how could they even know her name? So 
messing with you. They're messing with you. They heard it was you. And also, why would the Olsen twin say that in confidence to some other kid (laughs) on the ship? That doesn't make any sense. I I think also they just said that because she was obviously, like, an older... Like, she's the same age as the Olsen twin. She's Mm -hmm. a day older. A day older. She's a day older. (laughs) And so she was there not to be a fan. It was clear that she wasn't a fan. And she was kind of like, ugh, you know? Yeah, whatever. I'm too Uh, old for this. Yeah. Yes. And and you actually got to meet the uh, Olsen twins. You had some one-on-one time, correct? Well, I had some, like, five-on-two, yeah. I guess you'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> they were, because... Though they chose you and, and Molly and, like, a few other people to sit down with them, right? And They did because I was the lost luggage thing. Mm-hmm. The cruise directors felt bad for us, I guess, because uh, certain families had not had luggage. Mm-hmm. So me and four other girls that also had their luggage lost were invited to have a special, like, little intimate lunch with the Olsen twins. Chloe's dog is getting nestled in. <laughs> He's hiding She's under finally a pillow. calming down. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, yeah. So Molly wasn't there because she was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it was me and, like, four or five other girls, and we were all just sitting at this round table eating lunch with the Olsens, and it was very, like composed like mm-hmm. they we'd go around the, they'd set a question for us like so tell us where you're from and we'd all go around and say mm-hmm. tell us what countries you want to visit very structured yeah. very tell yeah. us what foods you like so you're not even having a conversation it's almost, it sounds like a language class <laughs> <laughs> now you can ask us questions and then we went around the table and oh god my question they misunderstood I remember that they didn't understand what I was trying to ask. Damn it, Olsen twins! They answered it wrong, and that would have been so frustrating. I imagine. And I don't. It was something about Paris, but I don't remember what it was about Paris. But I remember them ans- and like once they started answering, I'm like, no, they weren't even listening to what I was God. asking. Had, had Passport to Paris already come out? It was right after Passport. This was the yeah Passport to Paris was their most recent film when that cruise happened. The girls on the cruise that were really obsessed were dressed the way that the Olsons were dressed in that movie. Oh, my God. Like, with the God. messenger bags and the, the monochrome sweater and, like, oh that sort of look. Oh, my God. There were girls that had, like, the same passport to Paris outfits. <laughs> you know, Lindsay and I have really been trying to wrap our heads around the Olsen twins. Uh, <laughs> we, we really got in deep with uh, Double Double Toil and Trouble, and um, It Takes Two is their first big theatrical film. And one of only two, really, yeah. for the two of them together. As with Double Double Toil and Trouble, we do have quite a few ads from <laughs> our friends at Dual Star Entertainment. Let's just get through these quickly, I guess, because we've got a lot to talk about with It Takes Two. How the West Was Fun kicks things off. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys seen that one? Yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah. I had that on VHS. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have not, but tell, uh, oh. is that how does that rank for you guys among them? Whoa. I mean, That's I guess there's, uh, I guess there's early Olsen twins, and then there's the latter day when they, at the point when they become yeah. interested in boys. I honestly think, as a child, like as a kid, I thought it takes two, and how the West is fun. How the West is fun was just under it takes two for me oh, when I was really, really little. Because you're a country girl, you me, probably identified no, with that. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think it was just fun because it had the guy from Sabrina the Teenage Witch in there. Martin Which guy? Mull. Martin Mull. Who was in the jail all the way? The yeah. uh, main principal, mm-hmm. I think. 
and it had a lot of adventure and there were horses and stuff. I think I think I just I didn't realize that Hello West was fun as a kid. I didn't know that was straight to video. Like I thought it was a little bit different than to grandmother's house. You thought all of these were super saturated, three (laughs) thousand theaters. Yeah, like Chad with the Saint. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, because like I said, it takes two was my what brought me in. I revisited their work, you know, Mm -hmm. after seeing that to catch up, and just. It Takes Two is so amazing that those paled in comparison after you see... T- is, it yeah. Takes Two is your first thing you're seeing of them and you see the others, you're going to be like, I see where they are coming from and those are fine, but like, yeah. It Takes Two is amazing, so... And it has the ensemble cast, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, everybody, all the supporting characters in it are so good. I had all the books. I really liked them. Huh. Weirdly, I don't know. But I remember, again, it was fourth grade and my mom bought me one of those books and then after that I was like, I want all of them. <laughs> you were hooked. They know what so they're hooked. doing. And we again get our second ad is just this long pitch that covers everything they've done so far. Yeah, just everything. everything. They want you to buy every everything. Every moment that they've committed to video, it's you get Double Double Toil and Trouble. You get uh, To Grandmother's House We Go. You get the detective series and all of the and everything in between. Their slumber party thing. Which uh, Fiona from So Weird is in one of those videos. I <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that actress <laughs> name. Is. I don't know her name. Wow. But she's God. great. I forgot So Weird existed. We take a quick break from the Olsen Twin Sales pitch to do a movie that I believe is near and dear to Lindsay's heart, <laughs> uh, The Amazing Panda Adventure. Yeah. And I understand that this prompted a... Uh, Obsession with pandas and a dream of going to China. <laughs> exactly. And becoming... A uh, wildlife biologist that would save all the pandas. Yeah, but they'll Beautiful. never be saved. Is, is it just about kids saving pandas from... It's, it's a little boy that's gone out there... I can't remember the storyline very well but he's gone out there because his father works with some kind of NGO that's doing work out there and he gets lost in the wilds of China and he's trying to save this baby panda from poachers or something like that so beautiful it's a beautiful story I don't think I ever saw it either but I just that the scene that I think that trailer is in multiple it's in a lot <laughs> movies of that I love. Do you like the Olsen like, twins? Yeah. Then you'll love pandas. <laughs> <laughs> then we go into they kind of set it up like it's going to be another ad for uh, another possibly another Mary Kate and Ashley video series, but it's for their books. Oh, it's for those yeah. books we were talking oh, about. Right, yeah, because they um, want you to be literate too. Yeah, that's sweet of them. I kind of remember that the Scholastic uh, book catalog would have all of the Adventures of Mary Kate mm-hmm. and Ashley books available in them, and some of them would come with like little trinkets, like little oh yeah, oh yes, lockets and things. Um, so there's that. <laughs> I think that's the only reason I bought the Babysitters Club. Uh, movie book because it came with the BSC heart locket. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like half the stuff I ordered off the Scholastic catalog, it was if it came with a little necklace or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> more like about a black the Black Beauty uh, book with a Black Beauty horse necklace. Oh, and the ballet slipper book. I, yes. Yeah. Yes, I had that. I love that Oh book. my god. Ne- I wish I had that necklace still. I would always order Goosebumps books. I tried Goosebumps because you liked Goosebumps, and I, I couldn't get it. I couldn't Actually, get it Molly is the one who introduced me to Goosebumps really? when I was like six. Yeah. Oh, so I never she knew She was that. reading Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, and I was like, what's that? Piano Lessons Can Be Murder? Did it's your mom one... like that book? I don't, I don't know if she read it, but it's, got, it's the one that has severed hands on the front, and they're playing a... Uh, 
uh, they're playing a grand piano. I want to read that one. I never knew that it was Molly. That's amazing. Interesting. I, I remember the TV episode vividly. He opens a room at the end, and it's just a lot of ghost hands playing pianos in unison. <laughs> it's terrifying stuff. We end things on kind of an odd note, kind of out of place, I feel like. It, they advertise eight Doris Day movies. Yeah, I feel like this was just thrown in They're by just kind of thrown Brothers. in. Um, I don't know who this is aimed at, but uh, a lot of... Um, you know, the grandparents that are stuck babysitting their grandchildren. That, that's quite oh, possible. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe just like young kids that are into classics. Maybe, yeah. It's like Calamity Jane and a lot of other... Uh, kind of lesser known Doris Day movies. Yeah, not her like. most famous ones. Yeah. But then we launch right into It Takes Two, the <laughs> 1995 <laughs> classic starring Steve Gutenberg, Kirstie Alley, and those lovable Olsen twins. This movie has a lot in common with The Parent Trap. Yeah, except it's a bit more um, supernatural. Yeah, yeah and, and it predates the Parent Trap remake. Yeah, I remember seeing the Parent Trap remake in theaters and just being like, this is just a ripoff of It Takes Two. <laughs> but in reality, it went Parent Trap, It Takes Two, then another Parent Trap. But you said supernatural. Whatever do you mean, Chloe? Because in this movie, they say that they're identical strangers. This might be the only Olsen Twins movie they're not really. biologically related. Yeah. They're just two people that happen to look exactly alike. And are the same age and have the same haircut. And own the same, nearly the same pair of overalls. No, no, those overalls were pretty different. I guess so. Oh, one was one was rich girls uh, overalls, yeah. esprit or something. They're very cute. Also got elements of Prince and the Popper. Chloe, you pointed out that in the Parent Trap, it's the story of two rich girls <laughs> <laughs> switching places and leading slightly different rich girl lives. But, it's true. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I have to go to this Napa vineyard. You have to go to like this posh London <laughs> flat. Yeah, our lives. It's yeah. not like they're struck. It's a not this one. Yeah, it's it's more. I feel like it's more interesting because we have the class dynamic. Yeah, swap as well. Oh yeah. So we got the supernatural. We have more of a class difference issue mm -hmm. going on, mm -hmm. and that is important for young children to really see. Yeah, Mary Kate plays Amanda, who's kind of the tomboy. Has kind of a uh, a Bronx accent that comes in and out. She was raised by the streets. She was raised said by earlier. the streets. She's an orphan who is kind of being taken care of by a social worker played by Kirstie Alley. And our other twin, Ashley, is Alyssa Calloway, daughter of a wealthy cell phone ingenue mm -hmm. played by Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, and her accent is. I think a terrible imitation of Katherine Hepburn. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's what she's doing. At times she's just talking normally. I mean, they yeah. both kind of settle into just using their normal speaking voices. But at the beginning of the movie, Ashley Olsen gets off the plane. It's kind of like this, how do you do? Or, I mean, it's yeah. just like <laughs> it's very... It's like if you yeah. compare a scene at the beginning of this movie to how these girls sound at the end, it's kind of like... 
I mean, they must have not shot this chronologically, but it's kind of like, okay, this is your your big introduction. Let's really let's really <laughs> lay on that accent to yeah. show them how different you are. Well, but you that can, just is kind of lost. The funny thing is you can feel her hesitating between lines as she's trying to mentally prepare herself for the accent. Yeah. Which twin am I? <laughs> Who am I now? <laughs> so how do these crazy kids end up finding each other? It all pieces together so perfectly that I loved it. Alyssa gets upset at her dad because he's going to marry this awful lady mm-hmm. who was, like, on the nanny, right? Cartoonishly awful. Was she on the nanny? She no. She might have been on the nanny. I want to be an orphan and run away, and then she does. And then, meanwhile, Amanda and her friends see the haunted mansion. They think that this giant house on the other side of the lake from their summer camp is a haunted house. Well, because it's been empty since Mrs. Calloway died. Because yeah. Roger's so upset. Roger Calloway is so upset about his wife dying that it's just too emotional for him to return to this place. But now... He's finally able to return. Yeah. Because he's found a woman. Not a woman he loves, just a woman. Kind of just the first woman that... that, Because she has no likable qualities. She's instantly threatening little Alyssa. Very attractive. I wonder if for him he just was so desperate to find someone for Alyssa that he was willing to overlook... You know how sometimes you just you like you're willing to overlook true. things that are wrong just because you want them to work out and it's not working out, but you're just like yeah. My theory is that in denial. Um, uh, Steve Gutenberg, I guess I should say Roger Calloway, he seems like just kind of out of it. Like he doesn't really see what's going on at any point. He which, doesn't even own a dictionary. When he's getting out of the lake, he says, "Man, I gotta buy a dictionary." <laughs> <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> because because two different women in his life to find love as something it's like, a, it's like a baseball sleep. reference. Yeah, There's reach for the stars yeah. over the fence, World Series kind of stuff. That's actually yeah. exactly what That's it is. Exactly Thank you, Chloe. Chloe was <laughs> also quoting the movie while we were watching. <laughs> yeah. She'd say everything a second before. It began at the, at the airport when uh, when the private jet of Alyssa Calloway arrives. And Chloe was just quietly like, all this for her. <laughs> and I thought you were just making a comment, but then, sure enough, it really character was, says that. It really was absurd. Like, I understand the private jet, okay, but did she need two limousines? She doesn't. Even her um, her security and her gangster butler, Vincenzo, oh, even they have limos of their own. Everyone. Everyone's just soaking in excess in the Callaway just, establishment. I don't know. He just seems to not care. He just gambles it away, really. He's but they very... have multiple houses. Like she, I mean, the little girl, she, Alyssa, was saying, I think this one will be my favorite. <laughs> I wonder how many yeah. they have. A lot, it seems like. I mean, he... He basically invented the cell phone, is what we're to assume. No, I thought he bought up all the airspace. Oh. So he owns all the cellular waves that fly through the air. Do you think he still owns them? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he still owns them. Just, are you imagining, like, where is he now? Yeah. <laughs> where is this fictional character that Steve Gutenberg played? I love that also he's like... He doesn't even own a cell. He's like, I don't even own the. I hate things. cell phones. I hate cell phones. <laughs> I bet you he has an iPhone now. Yeah. Is, this guy is imagine. so thoughtless. Like he he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't pay attention to his daughter. You can tell he wants to be a good father, but he never thinks about her. Like he rushes into a wedding without checking in with her that it's okay. He ignores that she's not into it. 
And then I just keep thinking about that horse scene where he and Kirstie Alley are on horses. He has to save Kirstie Alley. And they both forget that they left two children. They each left a child with a horse. Yeah, this is, a, this is kind of a meet cute that was put together by oh, our little matchmakers, Mary Kate love, and Ashley. I love this meet cute. <laughs> I almost didn't care. Like, I, I understand, like, they're being awful in that moment because they're just neglecting the children. Yeah. But I also feel like deep down, maybe they know how responsible those kids are. When, I just yeah. want to forgive them because I loved it so much. Steve yeah. Gutenberg at one point is dressed up like Prince Charming riding a white horse galloping over what looks like the English countryside. It was just yeah. like for a moment, I was like, what, is, what are we watching? It's like a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it is it is kind of like the Pride and Prejudice BBC series because there's the wet bit. shirt scene too. Oh yeah, to let you know how ripped Steve Gutenberg yeah, is. Yeah, they have to let you know what he looks like underneath. I always felt like that when I was a kid. The wet shirt part always felt awkward to me as a kid. I never noticed it. I was like, like this is weird. That's why on this watch I said, "Wow, he's buff," because I never noticed before. I always just was like, "That's Steve Gutenberg. He's funny." Yeah, interesting. It's such a, it's a weird scene. I mean, I guess it's not that weird, but it just, it just sticks out a lot. Yeah. You're like, whoa. You can tell they're making it for two different audiences, the kid audience yeah. and the adult audience. So needless to say, Amanda and Alyssa have this plan to have their guardians uh, fall in love. And it seems to go pretty well. Yeah. Like, all their plans go oh, pretty so smoothly. Can we talk about their motivations for this, too? Yes. Yeah. Because it's, it's just so funny because Amanda, she's the girl raised by the street. She's trying to avoid living with a family that uses kids for physical labor. They just collect kids to use in a salvage yard. The Buttkiss family. The Buttkiss family. She's going to be Betty Buttkiss. And then you have Alyssa's family where it's just she wants to avoid living with a nightmare of a woman. They all, they who both hits pretty, children. Who like, hits children. Yeah. And will send her to Tibet. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to, to a boarding I mean, school in Tibet. This stepmom is cartoonishly evil. I mean, it's like, would Steve Gutenberg really sign off on sending his daughter to boarding school? This is a woman that's ranting and raving about how it was really great that the woman died. His yeah. former wife died. Yeah, she's just It's hard to ew. know how they got to the point, like, how they were dating and how he proposed and... It just, I don't see how he could be around this woman and not realize that she's evil. But that's where he's just passive and doesn't think because he just passively goes through everything. He said, I didn't even make my own money. It just happened. Yeah, he didn't even try. He's like, you know, (laughs) just thought, hey, this seems cool. I hate the damn things. And uh, I just made a lot of money. He doesn't try. Yeah. Even with like falling in love with, with, um, what is her Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think is probably too good for him. I mean, I know oh, yeah. that I know he's that we wonderful. put him on a pedestal because he's a billionaire, but he's so out of it the entire movie. <laughs> and really, it was his wife that like was the charitable one and created that camp, and he was just like supporting the idea. Yeah, yeah. he hadn't been to his own camp in ten years. He says at one point. Well, yeah. it was so hard. But for we're him supposed to assume it was emotionally painful. Yeah. At what point did uh, the mom die? Because if it was ten years, I mean, these girls are how old? In nine. This? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that he, she. I know. And he had, so he, he used the years. cellular waves to incubate her. In I mean, world. did she die ten years ago? Is she this a died Shortly after. That might explain the identical stranger component. Did they actually say ten years? 
He said he hadn't been to the camp in 10 years. Then they said, she's nine years old. And, uh, but maybe, here's okay, the thing. Okay, so maybe they took, you know, she was pregnant. Maybe they took a break away and were at one of their other houses. Exactly. Yeah. It was still not equal to 10 years. Yeah. And okay. maybe she was like nine and a month old. I'll, so, I'll give the movie the benefit of the yeah. doubt on this one. <laughs> or she died giving birth. Maybe she died giving birth. I think, did they make that comment? or am I, am But at I the same time, there's that. a moment where she says to Diane, you remind me of someone, someone I haven't met yet. Yeah. And I thought that was like, okay, are you referencing the mother that you <laughs> never really knew or the mother you did know at some point? Like, how much of your mom did you know? She wouldn't remember anything about the mom if, the, no. if these years are accurate. Right, she wouldn't remember nothing. But anyway, they, they basically switch lives on and off while Amanda is at summer camp it's uh, mainly so that Amanda can sabotage the wedding. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, we get to meet Vincenzo, the uh, butler for the Callaways. <laughs> the mobster butler. More, no, which I kind of liked this choice because usually butlers in kids' movies are like stuffy Brits, you know, like an Alfred. Yeah. But he's like a Jersey mobster. <laughs> and, he has... and like the, the sweet uncle. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Sweet, he's a sweet he's a, mobster, but he's it's, a sweet mobster. it's heavily implied that he has like mob ties. Yeah. Yeah. I did love his reaction like when she announced, I'm an orphan, I'm running away. And his reaction was just like, eh, she'll be back. Just let her get and blow off some steam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right away, boss. I'll yeah. find her. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give her a head start if you know what I mean. Eh, forget uh. about it. <laughs> it makes me think of my brother. There was one time my brother got mad and he announced he was running away and he packed up the bags and I I was upset. I was like, Mom, are you doing anything? And she's like, no, no, he'll come back. <laughs> he, like, he walked down the driveway and then turned around and came Aww. back. And then for this movie, it worked out perfectly because she said, I'm going to run away and be an orphan. And he opened the door. He's like, "Oh, it's the little orphan girl." <laughs> I love that. Which, it's like suddenly a horror movie. It's yeah. A horror movie. Oh yeah. I mean, they they play that. Uh, um, the Twilight. <laughs> yeah, the the Twilight Zone theme when uh, Amanda sees a portrait in her likeness in what she had, <laughs> it presumed was a haunted house, and then the evil stepmother yeah. comes out. Because at this moment, the twins have not met yet. Yeah. This identical stranger. They accidentally switch lives at first. Yeah. And they bump into each other in the woods and have a beautiful... Yeah, as they're each running. As they're each running, and they look back at the same time so that they can run into each other. Which, again, I could kind of buy if they were separated at birth. They kind of just naturally, you know, <laughs> you know, it's that twin magic that No, and they were doing about. the twin magic of saying the same thing. I thought I was you. Yeah. <laughs> they did. But, yeah, yeah. But they're not related. I mean, they just no. happen to look alike. Supposedly. I feel like there is some kind of conspiracy here. You know, maybe, okay, Roger Calloway, so rich, and then maybe he, like, was helping a woman that couldn't, like, give, have a baby, but that at the same time didn't want a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you think somehow... She was a test tube baby. You think she yeah. was a test tube baby? I mean, he has technology. He could have just had a, had oh, wait, a, yeah. a baby-making lab in his basement. And then they decided, like, oh, she was just a test-making baby, but she has no parents. Whoops. And then they had to give her up for adoption. Could even be a clone of his original wife. Oh, oh my god, my it takes three. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see that. <laughs> I'd love that he has a painted portrait of his daughter, like a huge like an oil portrait. Painting. I want that painting. If you had that in your house, you'd be like, I get it. So it's, it's lying in some prop master's, like, 
Or maybe it's in a private collection of a wealthy Mary Kate and Ashley enthusiast. <laughs> I want to be that enthusiast. Do you want the actual painting or a or a print of it? I want the actual. Where painting. where would it go? Would in you need to get my it? living room? In your living room, do you have a fireplace? Because I feel like it um, belongs in a fireplace. I don't. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> 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 I wonder. Uh, I just, we gotta find out where it is. And uh, <laughs> this yeah, sounds please. like a case for a couple girl detectives that I know. Oh, Olson and Olson Mystery Agency. <laughs> <laughs> we'll solve any crime by dinner time. But anyway, they're they're constantly switching back and forth. No one notices because again, these these strange these identical strangers. They look so much alike. Vincenzo finally uh, believes that it's Amanda and not Alyssa because of all of Amanda's numerous scars. It's like she's been in a war zone. She's got like a huge scar on the back of her neck. She's got holes in her feet from like... Rusty nails going through. Rusty nails that she just marched in for days. She's an intense child from the street. She's really rough and and She's a jock, you know? They get into a lot of um, injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this whole lake scene. That seems like a highlight of the movie for you guys. Were they were they jumped in? Yeah, I, well, after I the mean, mac I mean, and cheese. It's exists? kind of it's it, so it's in the aftermath of this hilarious food fight, which is staged uh, so that uh, Steve Gutenberg doesn't see that a girl who looks exactly like his daughter is working at the camp. Well, it's actually his daughter. Oh, that's right. But it's his daughter pretending to be an orphan. Yeah. And, and she's dad. like, uh-oh, dad can't see me like this or know the thing. And so, so she trips a guy, his bowl of mac and cheese falls right on Steve Gutenberg's head. And he, he says, you, you laughing at me? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he hits Kirstie Alley with a bat of butter. And what's crazy... Which is a weird choice. Yeah, that's a weird choice. That's like... Like, why... Well, like, he's an out-of-touch like billionaire would... who's never been in a food fight, and he thinks, oh, let me take some of this common butter and fling it at you. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. some of the tons of mac on his head and just throwing it at her. He's like, ah, oh, butter. That'll, that'll show her. But she's the one that starts the food fight. And I know, Sean, you were, you were kind of I amazed. I was livid about that. <laughs> I mean, someone has to clean all this up, okay? And it's not going to be Kirstie worker. Alley. And it sure as hell isn't going to be the billionaire. So there's He's probably, paying for it. Yeah, well, that's true. The kids true. will clean it up. I'm sure those kids that are on duty. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the kids that have to clean it up. They should. Um, but well, anyway, they have their romantic moment on the second time that they've met. Yeah, this they, is they meet only three times over the course of the movie. Yeah, that, I never realized that. It just seemed like they had such a long courtship. It seemed like wow, these people have such a strong connection. You don't think about the fact that they've only met three times, and by the third time, he says that he loves her. Isn't that quite beautiful? <laughs> It's really the greatest romantic story ever told. It's almost like he just woke up from a coma. Is that kind of what it is? Like, in that wedding where he finally just goes, you know what? No, what am I doing with my life? He has flashbacks to the two times that they'd met. Oh, yeah, but he really... (laughs) Those flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) This is footage from the movie that we've already seen. But they uh, need to get all this mac and cheese off somewhere. So they jump into the lake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve Gutenberg shows his his playful side that he never had, or he had not, but until his wife died. Yeah, he's yeah. learning to love again, guys. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm enjoying life again. I can jump into a lake. I can flirt with this woman, and we can have a romantic time. And 
We can actually have a conversation. And then they almost kiss. And then they almost kiss, but they're disturbed by the two girls who knock over some canoes. Oh, yeah. the I irony. love that they didn't pay attention to the screams from under the canoe. <laughs> it they just, sounds they like the again, squashed. These two adults just kind of walk away because it's just like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> like, they're not going to check to see if any child was killed. They're actually terrible guardians. I mean, this is really just different levels of poor parenting because we also get the the another extreme, which is the Butkus family. Oh, who, God. Who collect adopted kids. Well, one of your favorite young actors is part of this clan. Yes, uh, Dove. Dove. He plays Harry Jr. Butkus. Yeah. But also, some may recognize him for being the boy with the purple socks and Harriet the Spy. Of which course, is like, of course. The most beautiful role, and just, he doesn't speak until, sorry to go off onto another movie now, but real quick, he doesn't say anything until the end of the movie, and it's the most poetic thing, and it makes you cry. It's real <laughs> so, Silent Bob moment. Just like a, a talented actor, um, uh, it just brings so much emotion to his roles, and he was great as Harry Jr., yeah, yeah, and he's he he's the only biological child of this clan. Yeah, and they cast that well because they look a lot. Alike. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like, how? Who is playing the dad? Because that's insane. That yeah. they look. They are. I want. They're related. Yeah, it's amazing. They collect adopted children so they can take them down to the salvage yard, I guess, on Staten Island, uh, to just collect scrap metal and cut it down into smaller pieces of scrap metal. So you and they have, all have matching jumpsuits. Nine year olds in jumpsuits handling metal. Like scraps of metal that looks and you And what's weird is his neighbors know no, about they this. Know about it. And, and no one's called CPS. No one. Yeah, they just say, oh, they worked them to the bone. It's like the salvage yard. Where else? His children are slaves, don't you know? Everyone knows. Everyone knows except for the no adoption agency. This is the worst adoption agency ever. That refuses a woman that just, loves the child, won't let her adopt poor Amanda. They're just selling yeah. children into bondage. It's terrible. And they rename them with all B names. Yeah, it's really it's sad. Harry. Yeah. Because he's the original. I understand. He's, the he's, man management. he's management. He's management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things about this movie. This movie is so beautiful. I love it. So where do where would you rank this among? Because you guys are are much better uh, informed about the Olsen twins canon. I just feel like there's so many peaks. Like this for me, definitely one of their peaks, one of their highlights. Yeah. But then they sort of, I feel like reemerged in when they were eleven or twelve with with the passport with, with to Paris. That and, and it stuff. takes two. Not It Takes Two, I'm sorry, Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, was that another TV show? That was yeah, that was the second TV show. So it was I on like, TGIF, too. Yeah, which was good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was sort of like a second, that was the beginning of the second wave, almost. Yeah. And that's also, I think, like, shortly after when they started their Walmart line. That was a big time for them. I think for them, being preteens and in their early teenhood was, like, mm -hmm. uh, another peak. We were talking about this earlier. A lot of these movies in their the latter stage of their career was just them kind of being ugly Americans. Well, not ugly oh, Americans, but just yeah. like really... They're pretty ugly Americans. Just ignorant. Like sending them to countries and then being like, oh, your food's gross. Yeah. <laughs> your accent's funny. Yeah. What are you saying? 
Huh, yeah. Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> what does mercy mean? Let's run around in a speed in a sped up montage to music. Yeah. <laughs> that was in every movie at a certain point. It was. That was in every movie. Them trying to eat the food and being disgusted seemed to be in every movie. Yeah. Them falling in love. But okay, here's the thing. Passport to Paris, I think, is the best of that. Yeah. One because those the guys they seem more like developed characters. Then after yeah. that, it was just like, oh, is there's just some guys we thought were attractive, but we don't know anything about them. Yeah. <laughs> and then half the time they weren't actually that attractive. They that was weren't. one thing that I always remember sitting there thinking, why are you in that one? I uh, yeah, I don't understand that. They could do so much better. It was weird. It's so funny because I've only seen films of theirs in this stage where they're kind of matchmakers. Even in Double Double Toil and Trouble, they're kind of setting up the ant that's trapped behind the mirror with uh, the butler. Well, they were already engaged, though. Well, they're facilitating them getting back together by (laughs) by freeing her from the mirror world. That is interesting that they become matchmakers. They're too too young to date at this point. Yeah. uh, So so they're matchmakers to adults, but would you say the turning point is when they became interested in boys and it was more about just their own romantic troubles? Yeah, Billboard Dad seemed to be their last matchmaking movie. Yeah. And that was a good matchmaking movie. It was oh, yeah. cute. It was cute, but it was like, that was like the end of that. That marked the end, and then Passport to Paris marked the the new. The new age. Yeah. <laughs> the new the new age. Winning London wasn't that bad either. No. And there was In a, hindsight, it makes me cringe. Yeah. Just because they are very obnoxious. It's also weird, because it's then, a little bit anti-intellectual. They have the two girls. One's kind of like the dumb one that's not really into school and stuff. She just like she likes boys and makeup. And the other one's the smart one. But then she has to learn to just let her hair down and uh, stop worrying about the books so much so that she can get the boys she likes. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. That is. You know, also, though, I, I, I kind of liked uh, Our Lips Are Sealed. The Australian oh, one. Oh, the Australian I've one. I've never even heard of yeah. that. That one had a lot of action scenes in it, right? They it were did. they were kind of having to fight for survival. There was there was some they were like being killed or something. They were in the witness protection program. There we go. Yeah, so, and that's why they moved to uh Australia. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's scary. Well, I hope we need to include all that. Um, we haven't really talked about the wedding. I mean, the wedding scene's beautiful. Everything about it works out so nicely. Back off, Barbie. That's the a good lines, line. the lines in that are really cute. And then her stomping on the um, uh, what is it? Not Amanda, but Alyssa, because we have the Finally the shine. good girl yeah. is stamping on that dress and making her uh, embarrassing the would be stepmother. And of course, uh, Diane and Roger are united and take off down the street uh, in their horse and carriage that Vincenzo just bought for them. Yeah. I, we gotta do a sequel to this movie. Can we get the Olsen twins to get to <laughs> Well, you, you know them, so <laughs> you get them yeah. on the phone. You're the closest connection. Well, I think it would be amazing. Um, I'll direct. Perfect. <laughs> we, we have a certain rating system on this show you might be aware of, Chloe. Do you buy it? Do you rent it? Do you tape over it? Whoa. You buy it. You gotta buy it, you think? This movie? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I did buy it. Well, my mom bought it. But I I would buy it for sure. I would have this on my shelf. I would not only have the movie on my shelf, I'd have the oil painting from the movie of the Olsen Girl on my wall. Oh, yeah. I'd have the poster framed. I'd have Steve Gutenberg 
uh, sign the poster. Uh, but not the Olsen twins and I don't know I would just like decorate my house in It Takes Two style Lindsay? Buy it I have to go buy it I I loved watching this again I had so much more fun watching this than I did almost any other movie we've done so far I don't know why it was just such a joyful experience for me I think it's because I felt that um, nostalgia for it like, Man of the House was hard to watch because it was really bad. There's a lot that was not good about it. It was not... Um, Did you ever see Man of the House, Chloe? It's uh, JTT? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tim Allen? Or Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase oh, Chevy actually. Chase. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's a I've strange it. movie. <laughs> like, but not in a long time. I clearly didn't remember who was the older character. Yeah. It's so funny because I love both of those movies. Both of these movies. It takes two and uh, Man of the House at the same time. At the same age, I would watch those movies all the time. And this one, I still enjoyed watching. I didn't go. What was I thinking? Or oh god. No. Yeah. It's, it doesn't. Up. It doesn't feel dated either. It feels like no. cute and like something you could still watch today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't feel. It didn't feel overly nineties. No. I'm gonna go rent it. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. I uh, I had very loose recollections of this movie. I think most of the time I. I'm just remembering scenes from the parent trap and just <laughs> placing the Olsen twins also, in place of Lindsay Lohan. Such a good movie. I think it's probably a, a great movie for, for young kids, especially young girls. Just how weird the storyline is. <laughs> I had completely forgotten that they're identical strangers. For some reason, I'd always, in, in hindsight, I guess I thought that they were separated at birth, just like the parent trap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, uh, it's not quite up to Double Double Toil and Trouble for me. I wow. think that one's a little uh, nearer and dearer to my heart. But uh, That's funny. I enjoyed this more yeah. than Double Double. Mm. Agree to disagree when it comes yeah. to the Olsen twins. So, Chloe, what have you got going on? Anything you want to tell the listeners about? Any projects? Any uh, Where can people find you? That's what oh, we first want to know. Find me. I mean, I have a website, shieldhouse.com, and it has my writing on it, and... You can find a lot of my writing and uh, stuff on Uproxx, and I do a lot of oral histories there, um, a lot of 90s, you know, and 80s sort of uh, reflections on great movies and TV shows, and right now yeah. I'm working on one with my writing partner, Ashley Burns. We work together on oral histories, and we're doing a Blossom oral history. That'll be out in January. Wow. Which is a great show. I've read a couple of those, and they're great. Um, I read the Friday the 13th one, and I also read um, Just One of the Guys with our mutual friend Clayton Ronner. Yes, amazing. (laughs) I interviewed him, and then Sean had him in his movie, and I didn't realize that until I saw it. (laughs) I was like, oh, Clayton's in here. (laughs) Small world. And then I emailed him to tell him that I saw your movie, and he wrote back, small world. Oh, yeah. Exclamation point. Yeah, he's he's short but concise in yeah. his communication. <laughs> yeah. if, is there a one Blossom story you can share with us? Give a little sneak peek of uh, anything that you found out so far? I, I know will, I'm sort of putting you on the spot here. I will say that of the blo- if you're going to watch a Blossom episode and you just want to kind of like revisit or watch for the first time, I really enjoy Blue Blossom because I think it gets at the root of something interesting about who Blossom is and the kind of character that we 
really haven't seen on TV in that, you know, that age of a girl. Which one is Blue Blossom? She's having her 17th birthday party, and she's very depressed about it, and, like, she's sort of nostalgic and uh, just, like, thinking about entering adulthood, and it upsets her. I remember the episode that I loved as a kid was when they put on a film festival in their living room, and Joey had done, uh, like, an Aliens (laughs) (laughs) ripoff. I loved that as a kid. I would just watch his movie in the film festival over and over and over again because we taped it on VHS. Oh, amazing. Because I was obsessed with Aliens at the time. I loved Blossom's, like, video for that because at the end everyone's like, I don't get it. She's like, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lindsay, we're going back into your collection for the next episode. What tape are you dusting off for the show? We are going to watch Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. It's going to be our first animated movie, and it's the movie that I haven't seen since I was very little because it terrified me as a child, and I've refused to revisit it. I've never heard of this movie. Have you, Chloe? Never. Huh. Yeah, I don't... I haven't met anyone that has seen it, I think because it was a complete commercial flop. (laughs) I was a pretty desensitized kid. Like, nothing would really scare me. But the one that I had to turn off because it was scaring the wits out of me was called The Gate. And it was a movie about these kids who dig a hole in their backyard to hell. And they find, like, demons (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. So if I was ever to do an episode like that, revisiting something that terrified me, it'd probably be The Gate. Did you have a movie that scared you, Chloe? Um, I think The Witches scared me. Oh, that was a The Witches is I a think great the one. part that scared me was when she put the oil on her neck and it grew hair. Oh. That's the scariest Not the part. unmasking or the turning into a rat? <laughs> no, it was, it was the part about just, like, her having hair. And that, that's the part that sticks out of scary. That's so funny. Oh, she has hair on her neck. I feel like that's the one major uh, children's witch movie that we haven't covered on the show. Because yeah. for October, I chose Double Double Toil and Trouble and she chose Hocus Pocus. So they are both, like, witch movies aimed at kids. But that that's the third part of the trilogy in yeah. my mind is oh, the witches yeah. uh well thank you for joining us chloe thanks for uh, having yeah, me this has been so much fun you're welcome to come on anytime not just an olsen twins movie although i know you have the the full collection on vhs and i really do if i came back i, I passport to paris i feel like you guys would love it and or yeah. you've seen it you know it's great it's so, so funny good. because you know this is an ongoing discussion that Lindsay and i have about what the podcast is and uh we're always very careful to make it like oh it's not a nostalgia thing entirely oh it's not a bad movie podcast we want to we want to really mix things up and have children's movies and more adult movies and i sometimes worry that it would be way more fun if we just did an olsen twins podcast (laughs) because this is our second episode and it's so much fun to revisit these movies there would be so much fodder but we would go insane we would go insane i think we need breaks in between but i'm sure before the year is over we will do another Olsen Twins episode. Amazing. Hopefully with Chloe. Oh, I hope so. Oh, yeah. I'll bring my Passport to Paris tape. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to thank our friend Will Price for use of his song, Mandatory Groove. You can find more of Will's music at soundcloud.com slash gargantulon. Lindsay, where can people find tape heads online? At tapeheadspodcast.com. You can also email us at tapeheadspodcast at gmail.com. 
So that's it for Tape Heads. I've been Sean. And I've been Lindsay. And I've been Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.